if you want to survive the coming conflict. Learn to let fear keep you alive. Too many of you turn off the life-saving natural instincts and premonitions when it's convenient. The same person who has five deadbolt locks on their door will think nothing about getting into a parking garage elevator with a total stranger. If you want to live, keep your eyes open. Hello, and welcome to Unknowable, the podcast where we talk about all things mysterious, unusual, or unknowable. I'm Justine. And I'm Gray. This week, we are discussing the timeline of John Titer. Teeter? Titer? Or, or John Teeter. Teeter? <laughs> we, we realized we both had a different pronunciation in our minds, so we don't know. John Titor. I guess, like, we're probably just going to end up pronouncing it differently when each Fine. of us says his name. So just be Bet prepared so. for that. Which is that, that yeah. we just cover all our bases. Yeah, it's fine. And then we've at least pronounced it right like half the time. <laughs> yeah, because we're not great. We actually had a listener write in um, after our uh, recent episode with the space acorn. Mm-hmm. And we had multiple oh, yeah. German words. We had a listener <laughs> write to us very Oof. kindly. I'm not laughing at her offer because it was beautiful but she offered to like tutor us in pronouncing german because she knew that we were going to be doing another upcoming uh you know nazi occultism episode so she was like uh (laughs) it's like a very nice way to like be like you guys want to not fuck this up in the future i can help oh man that must have been such a painful episode to listen to for her (sighs) yeah i know i feel that way about basically every episode i feel like we're probably embarrassing ourselves in front of somebody exactly Somebody knows more than us or is the expert in the thing that you have to let us know that you're not an expert in. Yeah, exactly. They're like, oh, you fucking idiots. Like, (laughs) yes, a body would decompose like that. Or like, (laughs) no, you do not pronounce that that way. (sighs) Uh, It's okay. We're hacks hacks and frauds. Yeah, it's fine. That's that's what this podcast is. So um anyway so very short summary of this story if you're unfamiliar Mm. um john teeter is a name used on several bulletin boards forums uh during 2000 and 2001 Mm -hmm. by a poster claiming to be an american military time traveler from the year 2036 dun 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 yeah it's cool it's a time travel episode um he Basically made numerous vague and specific predictions regarding calamitous events in 2004 and beyond, including a nuclear war. Yeah. Um, that would so, never happen. Yeah, and there's... No, no. We're, we're so far away from that. <laughs> so far. Definitely not, like, just days away. Uh, Definitely not. Um, yeah, that's the, the basic gist of it. Uh, this... We'll tell you up front, this is definitely one of those episodes where um, if you are interested in this, you can do a much deeper dive. Oh, we, yeah. we probably are never going to be the type of podcast that does regular like four-part in-depth episodes where we go over every possible detail and like mad props to people who do that because mm-hmm. it is exhausting. It is exhausting. Um, but this guy, John Teeter, we'll, we'll get into more, but... Suffice it to say, he probably made several hundred posts mm-hmm. on these various forums in the time that he was active. And they're like, there's literally a website where you can go and read every single one of his posts. Um, www.johnteeter.com. 
Yeah, johnteeter.com. You can you can do a super deep dive. So we did not read every single post. We mm. kind of, as usual, we've got a decently in-depth, mm. you know, I, I don't even want to say summary because I feel like that doesn't do it justice. We're not right. doing broad a strokes. brief We're summary when we do strokes. episodes. Yeah, a little more broad strokes. We're like... More than just a 20-minute episode where we're just giving you, like, the highlights, but we're less than a three-part episode <laughs> where we discuss everything he ever said. So It's like an, it's like an appetizer. Yes. It can either whet your appetite for a larger deep dive into the topic, or it could you could eat it for dinner if you're that type of person. Yeah. It's fine. I feel like we've talked about this before because I feel like I've given the example before of, like, like meatballs. Like, some places <laughs> have, like, meatballs as an appetizer. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, or like, I don't know, sometimes they have really intense, like, even like mozzarella sticks and stuff. Like, oh, that yeah. could just be a meal on its own. Nachos? Could be like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like a giant plate of nachos mm-hmm. as an appetizer. That's like easily a meal, maybe for multiple people. Right. Right. Or that could just be like getting you ready for your burger. <laughs> we are the nachos we- of unknowable podcasting. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'd be proud of that title. Yeah. So. Um, to go back. So John Teeter mm-hmm. is definitely known more for his online posts, but he actually wrote to Art Bell first. Yeah. So coast to coast. Anyone unfamiliar? Yeah. Art Bell or Arthur William Bell III was <laughs> an American broadcaster and author who was the founder and original host of the paranormal themed radio program Coast to Coast AM, which mm-hmm. by the way is still running. Um, yeah. I would be shocked yeah. if like 90% of our um, episodes you could probably trace back to coast to coast. Oh, yeah. Like we've had multiple where either we've mentioned it before or mm-hmm. it has been tied and we haven't mentioned it. Coast to coast is definitely. Um, yeah, I, I like I can think of multiple episodes right now. Um, yeah. So he had a segment called Open Timelines in which anyone could write in or dial in with their own time travel stories. And in July, 1998, he read a letter from a man claiming to be from the future. Mm. Um, So here's a pretty long quote from that letter quote. Okay. And he faxed this in. So this is even more awesome. Right. So old school. (laughs) So old school quote. I had to fax when I heard other time travelers calling in from any time past the year 2500 AD. Please let me explain. Time travel was invented in 2034. Offshoots of certain successful fusion reactor research allowed scientists at CERN to produce the world's first contained singularity engine, etc., etc. Time itself can be understood in terms of connected lines. When you go back in time, you travel on your original timeline. When you turn the singularity engine off, a new timeline is created due to the fact that you and your time machine are now there. Hmm. Some interesting outcomes of this are, one, you meet yourself. I have done it often, even taken a younger version of myself along for a few rides before returning myself to the new timeline and going back to mine. Hmm. Two, you can alter history in the new universe that you have just created. Most of the time, the changes are subtle. Sometimes I'll notice car models that don't exist or books that come out late. Unfortunately, it was also discovered that anyone going forward in time from my 2036 hit a brick wall in the year 2564. Please hmm. pray that we discover the reason why there is no apparent future after 2564. Oof. So, yeah, that very mysterious. And of course, like the cool thing, one of the people that I read an interview with was saying that like the cool thing about something like Coast to Coast is that anybody could write in or call in. So it was always like very, you know, like 
they're almost like there was this line in between fact and fiction and you didn't really know where it was. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you never knew who was telling the truth and who wasn't. So kind of like an exciting thing. Oh yeah. So yeah. So that apparently was teeter. So then he's got um, the first post online using his purported military insignia, which again, if you Google, you can find. Oh yeah. Um, appeared on the Time Travel Institute forums on November 2nd, 2000, under the name Time Travel underscore zero. <laughs> it's a little on the so, nose. Yeah. He was not using the name John Teeter yet because he was just using that, uh, you know, sort of username, nickname. Mm. Um, Time Travel Institute still exists in the form of a website slash forum, by the way. They say they are a site, quote, about exploration and discovering new things. So, hmm. hey, same. Right. And... They, quote, love asking questions and uncovering the truth for themselves. Hmm. There's a section for time travel claims with over 14,000 posts, a section for time travel legends, including Teeter, of course, Mm -hmm. and a poll on the main page asking if you believe our present time is being visited by travelers from the future. 70% said yes when I checked, and 15% said they didn't know. So Hmm. that's pretty significant. Yeah, right? Um, Yeah. So... His first post on that forum discussed just time travel in general. Um, The first one being the six parts description of what a time machine would need to work. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm no expert on time machines (laughs) or like anything related to this. So, you know, forgive me if none of this makes sense. I'm not the one who made it up. Right. Uh, (laughs) The six parts were said to be two magnetic housing units for the dual micro singularities. Of course. And... Of course, yeah, duh. Like, what time machine wouldn't have that? <laughs> um, an electron injection manifold to alter mass and gravity of the micro singularities. A Naturally. cooling and X-ray venting system. Huh. Uh, gravity sensors or a variable gravity lock. Mm. Four main cesium clocks and three main computer units. Like that was basically a different language to me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but he. Made it seem very casual. He said that by his era, again, 2036, time machines were commonplace and that his was manufactured by General Electric and installed in a 1967 Chevy Corvette. Classic. Classic. So good. Um, So it wasn't until two months later. So he, time travel underscore zero, started posting at the Art Bell forums, which those require a name or a pseudonym. So he started using the name John Teeter. Mm-hmm. That was January 2001. Um, and so now at this point, he claims to be an American soldier from the year 2036 based in Tampa, Florida. Oof. He, (laughs) yeah, it's rough. (laughs) He was assigned to a governmental time travel project and sent back to 1975 to retrieve an IBM 5100 computer, one of the first portable computers, which he said was needed to debug various legacy computer programs in 2036. Hmm. Um, a possible reference to the Unix year 2038 problem. So I had to look this up because I wasn't sure. Yeah. That relates to representing time in many digital systems as the number of seconds passed since 0000000 UTC on January 1st, 1970. Mm-hmm and storing it as a signed 32-bit integer. So those impl- implementations cannot encode times after 
03-1407 UTC on January 19, 2038. So similar-ish to like the Y2K thing where they were worrying about a computer program not being able to interpret the zero zero. Right. So it's sort of like the whole Y2K thing when we rolled over from 1999 to 2000, like that the computers wouldn't be able to recognize where, like it would almost like reset the clock and start counting over again. So I guess in 2036, the Linux systems will reset and it'll be like 1901, which would screw with all of their sort of like internal programming that would tell it when to do what based on like the year and stuff. I think based on from what I've read. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like not a, not an expert, but no. sounds good. Sounds um, legit. Yeah. Sounds legit. And yeah, he said in an Art Bell forum post, um, quote, the 5100 had a very simple and unique feature that IBM did not account for and decided it was not in their best interest to advertise, which in hindsight was not very smart. This accidental feature was thus removed from any future desktop computers. In order to take advantage of this feature, the 5100 I have now required a couple of special tweaks that had to be done by one of the software engineers in 1975. Uh. Um, which, yeah, because some people in trying to like kind of debunk him time traveling and why he specifically had to go to 1975, they were like, you know, in years past that, like you could, you could have found one of those in all like people selling them in all kinds of different places. Like why did he have to go to the year that it was new? Right. Um, but that was kind of his reasoning for needing to go back to that specific year. And yeah, apparently some IBM engineers came forward saying essentially like, I don't know if that guy was a time traveler or not, but everything he said about that machine is true. And maybe mm. only like 20 people knew about the computer's true functions. So hmm. that of course, you know, either he really did know his shit from the job he was doing or potentially he was somebody you know playing a prank or a hoax that was involved with that computer which you know isn't out of the realm of possibility either or Um, a time traveler exactly yeah like he knew enough and i guess he did reveal some details in his posts that made it obvious that yeah he knew what these special secret things were that almost nobody knew um Right. Teeter said that he had been selected for this mission specifically given that his paternal grandfather was directly involved with the assembly and programming of the 5100. Hmm. Um, And yeah, in support of this, he described those unpublicized features leading to assumptions that if it wasn't a real time traveler, that it it was a computer scientist. Um, And so, yeah, so he went to 1975. He claims that he kind of like was doing a little detour in the year 2000 for personal reasons to collect pictures lost in the future civil war and to visit his family of whom he spoke often. Hmm. And then when he finished up his little layover, he would then need to drive back to Tampa. I think it said he had to go to Rochester to get this computer. Hmm. Um, so yeah, he was going to need to drive back to Tampa in 2001 to travel to Tampa in 2036 because the time machine only moves through time, not through space. So you have to be oh, wherever you want to be. Yeah. Which I, for some reason, never thought about like some part of my brain just always assumed you could just be like, Oh, I want to go to like 1920s San Francisco and it would just take you there. But like, of course, right. You kind of have to be where you want to be. I don't know though. But then if you think about it, cause we're spinning around a star and then that star is spinning around what a galactic center, like a black hole in the middle of our galaxy. So, and then that galaxy is, so like 
though everything is constantly in motion. So how would you even like get back to like the right place in space? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I don't even, I don't even purport to know <laughs> how any of this works, but I love uh, it. And I wish I had a time machine. Yes. Um, yeah. And we'll, we'll go into a little bit more about his predictions, but he essentially was saying too, that like for a few months he was trying to alert Anyone that would listen about the threat of Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, mm-hmm. anybody remember back to the prion disease episode yeah. we did? We talked about that. Um, spread through beef products and about the possibility of civil war in the United States. And yeah, when questioned about them by another poster online, he expressed an interest in mysteries such as UFOs, which he claimed remained unexplained in his time. And he suggested just his personal opinion um, that UFOs and extraterrestrials might be travelers from much further into the future with superior time machines. Bro, we have talked about this. We totally have talked about that. Like, I can't remember the episode, but we totally talked about it being like people from the future going on like little vacations. Mm-hmm. Time traveling humans from the future. Yeah. Fucking crazy. Big heads, so, big eyes, long, thin fingers for using technology. It all fits. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, like still humanoid enough, but different enough that they would be startling to our current timeline. Mm-hmm. Right. Crazy. Crazy. So, um, yeah, the Teeter Post ended in late March 2001, with his last public message being on March 24th, 2001. Um, it included, quote, I will be leaving this world line shortly, and this will be my final post. Hmm. There are only a handful of people who will know exactly when I will be leaving, and I'm sure they will let you know when I'm gone. Hmm. And then he gave two examples that he had been thinking of in you know those recent days. Um, hmm. One was people avoiding the homeless, how when you're out and about and you see homeless people, you know, there's a lot of people that will like kind of mm-hmm. plan where they're going to walk or drive so they don't go by them to have to deal with that um as well as he mentioned a specific example of like driving on the highway with his parents i don't know if this was like him as a kid remembering back or what but saying how often they would see people in distress on the highway but people would avoid that as well because of fear the risk of helping people was too great and you know the people that were needing help like they probably had a cell phone and you know if not the walk to the gas station would be good for them and he kind of said that it was similar reasons why time travelers don't often reveal themselves because helping is too great a risk. Hmm. Um, So one of his other, his like very last parting paragraph was quote, my parting thought revolves around something JC has been harping on since day one. No, I do not have a secret agenda, but I have been paying a great deal of attention to your world line. My interaction with you was not a direct mission parameter, but it was a secondary mission protocol based on standing orders given to all temporal drivers. Hmm. That secondary objective is basically to gather as much information about your world line, about a world line based on a set of observable variables. When we first arrive, your world Hmm. line met those conditions. What amazes me is why no one here wonders why Y2K didn't hit them at all. Bring a gas can with you when the car dies on the side of the road. Farewell. Hmm. Like that's wild. Yeah. It's crazy, and, like, I never really thought about it that way, that, like, yeah, people do avoid helping other people because it's, like, there is this fear of it's not going to be worth it. You know, like, you want it to be this perfect scenario where you pull over and you help and it's easy and 
they're grateful and nothing happens and then you leave. You don't want to like put too much time into it or have something bad happen as a result. So you just don't. And you tell yourself like they'll probably be fine. And you often don't really know. I mean, most of us don't ever know if the person we tried or wanted to help, did they turn out fine or did something much worse happen because we didn't inject ourselves. And that's, I don't know. It seems like in his opinion, that is what a lot of time travelers go through where like they know what's going to happen if they travel back to a certain world line, whatever, Mm -hmm. like they know where those people are headed in the future, maybe in the near future or the distant future. And they know that they probably could help, but it's like, is it worth the trouble? Right. Exactly. Very, Hmm. very interesting. Um, And then, so there was a February, 2005 interview with in hustler in which this message was conveyed so initially it seemed like this was an interview with him but from what i understand after his last public posts online he never posted publicly anywhere again Mm -hmm. um he may have had private correspondence with people but he didn't post publicly again so this yeah he just kind of he full-on disappeared um So this interview wasn't with him, but the answers were compiled by a man named Oliver Williams who runs (laughs) johnteeter.com. So this quote is badass and you heard it in the cold open. Um, Mm -hmm. Quote, if you want to survive the coming conflict, learn to let fear keep you alive. Too many of you turn off the life-saving natural instincts and premonitions when it's convenient. The same person who has five deadbolt locks on their door will think nothing about getting into a parking garage elevator with a total stranger. If you want to live, keep your eyes open. Mm. Which is just quote. cool, man. That's a great quote. So now we kind of get into his predictions, of which there were many. Yeah. So um, this was really when I first like discovered the whole John Teeter like experience. This was the thing that really drew me in because a lot of like time travel predictions are kind of like vague. And Mm. not easy to prove wrong. And while most of these have already, like the time that they were supposed to transpire have already gone by, the fact that they were so specific and so like confident and not like trying to hedge bets, you know what I mean? By keeping the language vague always made me interested because it like didn't feel the same as a lot of people making shit up on the internet. Mm. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. So... I agree. And you'll, yeah, listeners, you'll see in a moment how much, yeah, the timeline doesn't match up, but the events might a little bit. Right. Um, I got a theory about so, why. Yes, exactly. Um, so he did, if we invoke the many worlds interpretation of quantum mechanics, whereby events from his timeline may differ from our own, he also expressed assurance that the differences were minimal. So, FYI, the many worlds interpretation holds that there are many worlds which exist in parallel at the same time, same space and time as our own. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's a lot of things like that that make it a little bit difficult to like fully prove his predictions right or wrong. Because if we're assuming that there are these many worlds which exist, like we can think that it's possible that these things did play out exactly in a different timeline. Um, But... He did hint at something similar to mad cow disease um, before the limited outbreak happened in the U.S. in 2003. Mm -hmm. Um, 
He said that we wouldn't find any weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, which we also didn't in 2003. Mm-hmm. He said China would send an astronaut into orbit. Also happened in 2003. Yep. Um, but the most immediate of his predictions were of an upcoming civil war in the U.S. having to do with, quote, order and rights. Oh, man, good thing nothing similar to that is happening right now. <laughs> good thing we, yeah, we're definitely not going through that. Um, so he described it as beginning in 2004 with civil unrest surrounding the presidential election of that year. Man, could never happen. Woo! The civil conflict that he characterized as, quote, having a Waco type event every month that steadily gets worse would be, quote, pretty much at everyone's doorstep and erupt by 2008. Hmm. So, uh, okay, I don't even want to get into it too much, but let's just leave it at that and we'll, <laughs> yes. we'll talk more about that in a little bit. More on that later. Woo! Um, as a result of the war, he said the U.S. would split into five regions based on various factors and differing military objectives. Hmm. This civil war, according to Teeter, would end in 2015 with a brief but intense World War III, killing Sick. nearly three million people after a limited nuclear strike between the U.S. and Russia. Oh, man. So. It's too real. Like, obviously, this does seem inaccurate timeline-wise, but mm-hmm. there... So I was looking through the John Teeter subreddit, which is... Right. A fun place. And there's somebody just recently posted an article on the New York Post from February 3rd, 2021, talking about the admiral who heads the U.S. Strategic Command responsible Mm -hmm. for nuclear deterrence, calling on the nation's military and civilian leaders to seek new ways to face threats by Russia and China, including the, quote, real possibility of nuclear conflict. Yep. And... That Moscow and Beijing have, quote, begun to aggressively challenge international norms in ways not seen since the height of the Cold War. Awesome. Um, so people on the subreddit, of course, are like, it's fucking happening. Yep. Um, and hmm. again, we'll come back to that a little bit. So he refers to the exchanges as N-Day. Um, mm. He says Washington, D.C. and Jacksonville, Florida are specifically mentioned as being hit. After the war, Omaha, Nebraska would be the new U.S. capital. He was pretty vague as to the exact motivations and causes for World War III. Um, At one point, he characterized the hostilities as being led by, quote, border clashes and overpopulation. Hmm. And he also pointed to the contemporary conflict between Arabs and Israel as not a cause, but rather a milestone that precedes a hypothetical World War III. Hmm. So. Interesting. Yeah, he... A little bit on his history, he claimed that he was a 13-year-old in 2011 who and joined the Fighting Diamondbacks, a shotgun infantry unit in Florida, huh. for at least four years. And then in other posts, he described himself as hiding from the war currently. Um, hmm. And so as of his current timeline, 2036, he's living in Florida with his family, stationed at an army base in Tampa. Um, he described it as like... The people that survived the Civil War grew really close, and so life is really centered on family and community, and that he can't imagine even living a few hundred miles from his parents, because huh. that's just the society that he lives in at the time. Makes sense. Yeah, so... And yeah, he, again, claimed that the Everett Wheeler model of quantum physics, as mm. also known as the many worlds interpretation, was correct. According to him... This caused a new time stream to form because of his time travel. So, essentially, he's kind of giving a pass 
to scrutiny for his predictions because he can say his believers can say that the events were averted by his postings. Right. Which, you know, that's something that you hear about in any movie or TV show about time travel is like anybody who's traveling to the past has to be careful what they do. Like anything that they do can affect the future, but especially telling people what's going to happen is like a huge, generally a huge no, no. Right. And can obviously impact the future. So it's, like a little convenient for that to be a thing to be like, well, right. You know, the future could have been impacted by this, but it's possible. Convenient doesn't mean wrong. Exactly. Like just because that applies doesn't mean it's wrong. Um, yeah. He made a post in January, 2001 on the art bell forums. He said, quote, as far as the future goes, your worldliness, oh, damn it. World lines. My <laughs> stupid, the place I was taking notes just kept wanting world lines to be worldliness, and I couldn't Jeez. fix them all. Um, <laughs> your world line is about 2.5% different than mine. This is a roughly cumulative measurement based on my arrival in 1975. Hmm. As far as I can tell right now, you were headed toward the same events I would call my history in 2036. Dang. Um, and again, convenient but not untrue. He at one point said, quote, I am not a physicist. Time travel is only a tool that allowed me to do my job. Most hmm. airline pilots are probably not aerospace engineers. Interesting. And I was like, damn, that's true. That like people are expecting him sense. to like, yeah, like asking him all these questions about like, how is this possible? And like, how does this work? And aside from like the more basic stuff, people would ask like, how does it feel to time travel? And, you know, physically and all this stuff, like he can answer things like that. But as far as the specifics, he didn't always have answers to, which for some people was like, oh, see, he doesn't know what he's talking about. But it's like, if that at his in his timeline, if that's like a normal thing, people just have time machines. Mm-hmm. Like, I have all kinds of things in my house that I couldn't explain to you how they work. I just oh my own God. one. Like 95% of the things in my house. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> how my house was built in general. Like, how do you build a house? I don't fucking know. I just live right. in one. Exactly. So just because he time travel doesn't mean he knows everything about time travel. Right. Um, You know, he's not claiming to have built the fucking thing. He's just claiming to have used one to get here. Right. Like a car. So, exactly. Yeah. I don't know how a car works. No. But I drive one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anything to add to that before um, we move on to the girl? No, I mean, just, I guess the, you know, the, we'll get, when we get into the theories, I'll talk more about the order of events and stuff. Mm, yeah. Yeah, so um, there is a character referenced as the girl, the woman. Um, So a lot of people communicated with Teeter. Again, he was on these forums. People asked him questions. People messaged him. But none came quite as close as a woman named Pamela Moore, who engaged in multiple chat conversations with him. Hmm. Um, Before he disappeared in March 2001, he shared with her a secret song that she could use to identify any imposters. And oh, interesting. apparently the identification of the song has like become an obsession for teeter researchers, like needing to know what the song is. Interesting. Um, yeah. And she spoke to John Teeter's scholar, Mike Suave, which is wild that there are scholars what of this man. Job. How do I get that job? Yeah. I know. I want that job. Um, yeah, she talked to him in January 2017 and told him about the most recent package she received from Teeter in late 2016, which had a letter from Kay, his mother, 
a letter from him, an album with a record inside, and a CD with some songs on it. She said hmm. nothing in those songs was the song, but she yeah, she made it seem like she got packages from him somewhat regularly. Like, that wasn't the only package. That was the recent package. Um, That's wild. So, you know, of course, there are all kinds of theories of how she's involved and what made her get so close to him or whatever. So I just thought that was an interesting yeah, little aside that he had like this. I don't even know if you'd call her like a romantic interest or something, but just kind of kind of cool. I don't know. It always makes me like a little jealous. I'm like, man, why couldn't I have been right on a forum in 2001 <laughs> and like made friends with like a now legendary time traveler that would have been know. dope. Like, I would love that. Can you imagine? Damn. Hey, there's still time. There's probably another time traveler out there on the internet right now that you can make friends with. Right? Like, I mean, I guess the problem is that I don't frequent time traveler forums because that's where she was. So yeah. there's your problem. Gotta, gotta get on that. Dang it. Um, so yeah. So that kind of brings us to theories slash criticisms. Yeah. Well, I mean, criticisms obviously this could all just be fake this could all just yeah. be somebody making shit up but yeah. that's no fun um I well, mean, right i mean yeah it's like there's kind of only two options there right. either was a time traveler or there wasn't right and i think that so much of the john teeter story is so plausible and logical that you know to just think about how it could be real it's more or less just having like you have all these puzzle pieces and they're just in like the wrong order almost but they're all mm. kind of playing out just not the same way that he laid them out um and there's kind of you know all kinds of ways you could interpret that either you know his world line is different than ours but there's still the same inputs i guess if you think about it like his world line is exactly the same as ours until you hit what the 1970s like 1975 when he went back for the ibm 5100. Mm -hmm. So like if that's where the world line deviates, then everything up until the seventies is identical from his world line and ours. So it would only be after the 1975 that things start to deviate. And so it would make sense that his timeline is different than ours, but that we're still having the same events play out just with sort of small details changed. Like instead of mad cow or Kreutzfeld Jakob breaking out in the United States, we have the coronavirus. Um, you right. know, in, instead of the presidential election in 2004 being the contentious one, we have the presidential election in 2016 and 2020 that are the contentious ones. Um, yeah. you know, the civil war being fought by those in the quote city and those being fought, uh, those in the quote country, you know, it's the exact sort of line of demarcation that we can talk about with like Trump supporters and non-Trump supporters right now. Um, it all fits even the down to like the, his prediction for like the presidents, like there would be like a president who styled himself as Lincoln, who was trying to hold the country together, followed by a president who just wanted sort of like power for himself and to remain in power. Like it, it all fits. It's just the timeline is so off. Um, yeah. Even the Olympics being canceled, which right. They were canceled in 2020. They're supposed to be, um, did they officially cancel them for 2021 yet? I don't remember. I think so. I think that was, I feel like that was a post on the John Teeter subreddit. Mm. And yeah, I think he said his prediction was that they wouldn't resume again until 2040. 
So hmm. let's hope. Let's hope that's not true. I know, right? But I mean, hey, uh, with the timeline being different, maybe it's an accelerated or a different timeline. But it happened. Right. Yeah. People do have a lot of theories um, going on that subreddit, especially. Mm-hmm. People have theories as far as like how many years off his timeline is, which, right. of course, it could be that his timeline is literally like, you know, some people are like, oh, 12 years mm-hmm. or whatever. So, you know, right. one theory is that his timeline is off equally by a certain number of years. So everything he predicted is that many years off or like you said it could just be that things aren't quite in the same order even but that they're all going to play out right Um, but yeah saying that you know something was going to start with a presidential election and then turn into a civil war four years later like you know i guess people think about things like that being maybe a little bit more dramatic than they could be like Mm. i think a lot of people would describe the way things are now, like things coming to a head in 2020. Right. That is sort of what he described with like starting in 2004 and then right. on everybody's doorstep by 2008 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah. It's kind of like a, a, so, a cold civil war right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. So one of the theories, and of course, like for me, I have to think as much as people could think that, John Teeter is just making things up. I feel like anybody could be making anything up about this. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a, in 2018, multimedia artist, uh, Joseph Matheny. Sure. Um, creator of the alternate reality game Ong's Hat said that he worked as a consultant for unnamed individuals responsible for the legend of John Teeter. Huh. He claims it's, quote, a story that was created as a literary experiment by people who were observing what I was doing with Ong's hat, and these people wanted to do something like that. Hmm. I was a consultant on the project, but it wasn't my project. This was pure art in the sense that we could build a story, build a character that didn't have books, movies, and media attached. Hmm. The people involved were very into folklore, and we were talking about the internet being the modern vehicle of folklore. Hmm. Um... So, Ong's Hat was one of the earliest internet-based secret history conspiracy theories created as a piece of collaborative fiction by four core individuals, including Matheny. Hmm. Um, The threads of the story can be traced back as far as the 1980s on bulletin boards and early zines. The aim was to create a fictional storyline and embed it in various media cultures to establish backstory. Which is fascinating. Yeah. Hmm. So... His claim is, that, yeah, these people saw what he was doing with Ong's hat and they wanted to do something similar. So they consulted with him and he helped, but it wasn't his thing. He was just right. being consulted. Um, he said that these people wanted to pick a few things that might actually happen when they thought up his predictions and militias were in the news a lot. There was Oklahoma City, Waco, mm-hmm. Ruby Ridge, etc. Right. So with Civil War being a big subject at the time in the news, that seemed appropriate for them to kind of latch onto to seem believable at the time. Hmm. Um, which, you know, is Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, not totally crazy. Hmm. Um, so, of course, nothing like that can be proven. And if you look through a lot of info about this and you read various interviews with Joseph Matheny. He talks a lot about like being weary of anybody who is trying to sell you anything in relate relation to John Teeter as far as like, you know, um, any type of like physical goods or even books or movies or whatever that like that wouldn't be what John Teeter would want. Right. Etc. And talks about various people like 
hopping on the bandwagon or whatever. And like, for all we know, Joseph Matheny is hopping on the bandwagon. Right. You know, if he had this Ong's hat project that he did and that's a really fascinating thing for him, like why not latch on to a different thing like this that he could easily claim was the same thing? You know, somebody right. maybe made up the story, maybe didn't, but he saw it and it kind of picked up traction and like, mm-hmm. how do we know that he wasn't like, hey, oh yeah, I was involved in that. Oh, I can't prove it. I have zero proof besides my word, but I was totally a consultant for that. Then that kind of gives him some credit as well. Like he helped to come up with this cool thing right? and helped like give it some legs or whatever. And I don't know. I feel like that's definitely a, a cool idea. I don't know hmm. if that's true or not. Right. I mean, hmm. I, <laughs> I want to believe in John Titor. I want to believe <laughs> I that this wasn't a hoax. I know. So bad. I mean, I guess what it comes down to is that uh, like some, if not all of his predictions are things that you could just kind of um, like a logical and informed person could like extrapolate a lot of these things. And I mean, even Mm. like you brought up like the idea of, you know, militias and stuff and like the idea of civil war being a big thing, you know, in the eighties and nineties. And it's just kind of like how uh, historical events are kind of cyclical in that way. It would make sense that, you know, and like, even like a, like the idea of like a pandemic, like, you know, in the eighties and nineties, the AIDS pandemic, um, the idea of those things just being reoccurring and being kind of almost like a safe prediction to make like, Oh yeah. Like you could say like, there's going to be a war in the next 50 years. And yeah, you're almost always going to be correct. It just matters where it, where it comes up, you know? So it does, yeah. it does have that feel in some ways, but also like, again, like why? Yeah. There's like the John Teeter website, but it, from what I can tell, I don't seem to be making money off of it. I mean, I guess the satisfaction could come from like, just having created this kind of real world, like real world, meme or like like what's the word like alternate reality that you've created that has become this whole you know subreddit website this legend on the internet i don't know yeah it's it's fascinating to think about that like would there be something now like if if one of us went on some forum somewhere and made some wild claims like would something like that even be able to pick up the traction that it did at the time? Because I feel like things like that and even in some ways, like the internet in general was such like a novelty mm-hmm. at that time that I think those things had maybe more weight. And I just wondered like if now in 2021, if we made some claims about being a time traveler, would right. that even, would we even get past the forum? Right. You know, as far as people being like, whoa, this is crazy. Um, I don't know. There's just some, magic about some certain stories yeah which is kind of cool um so yeah another theory so there's a, an italian television program called voyager mm. they aired the results of an investigation of john teeter on may 19th 2008 so apparently there was a private investigator mike lynch who found no registry evidence past or present of any individual named john teeter hmm. he did however identify the john teeter foundation <laughs> poor baby 
Oh, he just busted in and had to be taken away. Oh. Um. Okay, I'm gonna start that over. I was um, gonna say. Private investigator Mike Lynch found no registry evidence, past or present, of any individual named John Teeter. He did, however, identify the John Teeter Foundation, a for-profit company formed on September 16th, 2003, with no office or address other than a rented P.O. box in Kissimmee, Florida. Huh. Um, and then a, an IP address connected with Teeter also geolocated to Kissimmee. In 2009, a report by John Houston of the Hoax Hunter website identified Larry Haber, a Florida entertainment lawyer, as the CEO of the foundation. Um... So it was concluded that Haber and his brother Maury, a computer scientist, were very likely the men behind Teeter. Huh. So according to some interviews, though, Larry Haber claimed to be referred to Kay, Teeter's mother, by a friend from law school. So his claim is that, you know, he had nothing to do with the story itself. He was referred to her. You know, he's a lawyer. Um, Joseph Metheny, the Ong's hat guy, says that he doesn't know who Haber is, that he was never involved with the group that he consulted with. Um, and again, referred to Haber as somebody who jumped on the bandwagon. Huh. Um, which is fascinating, too. Like, if that was true, if Haber was John Teeter, mm-hmm. it'd be really interesting that, like, on purpose or not, Joseph Metheny was like, I mean, I don't know, maybe that would be a very beneficial thing to do in a way if Larry Haber was John Teeter and Joseph Matheny knew it to be like, Oh no, no, no. Like I never talked to that guy would kind of take the light off of him and would turn it back to a mystery of like, we don't know who he is. Right. Exactly. Um, So that's interesting too. Obviously, you know, if he is a lawyer that got involved with the family, it wouldn't be that weird if he was the, um, I don't know. If he hmm. was the CEO of the foundation, he that he could have been involved in that way to kind of set that up oh, yeah. and take that off of them or take their names off of that or whatever. Hmm. Um, so thinking of it that way, he, mm-hmm. you know, he does have, he has admitted that he has like worked with the family that he knows John Teeter's mother. So right. it's, it's not that he claims he has no idea who these people are, just that he's not John Teeter. Right. I mean, um, there's the whole Florida connection too. I feel like in the John Teeter right. story, Florida comes up a lot. Like, you know, specifically mentioning yeah. only DC and what Tampa that were nuked in this, in the world, mm. world war. Um, yeah. That's a like, why specify Tampa? Um, the fact that he was like that John Teeter grew up in Florida and like was part of that, like shotgun regiment um, in Florida. Right. So it's like, it would make sense that this guy, was like he would have like that would be like a sort of a, a tell you know what i mean like if if i made if, if we made up a time travel story and a bunch of it took place in maine let me like mentioned like portland yeah. maine was hit with a nuke like it's like that's not super logical or i guess it wouldn't be like the first thing you would talk about i get tampa got nuked right. yeah like dc makes sense but <laughs> tampa doesn't really fit in right um yeah, so I don't know. It's they are definitely, I think, like Larry Haber and like his brother, his son, um, have all been implicated in this as you know, pretending to be John Teeter, mm-hmm. some combination of them. Um, 
They, of course, claim that they have nothing to do with it, which, I mean, again, you would if that was something that you started to be like this cool urban legend. Of course, you're not going to take credit for it because that ruins the whole mystery. The, right. A story right. like that only has momentum when it's a mystery and it's a cool thing for people to try to solve. Right. And if you just come out and say like, oh, yeah, it was just me, this entertainment lawyer from Florida, people would be like, oh, you know. Right. And then would we still wouldn't be, be talking about it right now. Yeah, exactly. Then it would be very knowable and, yeah, wouldn't be exciting anymore. So, I don't know. Um, Mike Suave, again, John Teeter scholar, author of Who Authored the John Teeter Legend. Hmm. Um, he talked about how this legend made him believe in time travel more. He said, uh, quote, Having planted a flag on Amazon, I knew certifiable loons would contact me claiming to be involved in temporal hijinks. What I didn't grasp was that I was also planting flags cataloged in time. Huh. Eerily credible individuals have shown up to speak with me about time travel at events where there was no pre-existing public knowledge I'd be there. The implication eventually dawned on me that I had posted of attending the events afterwards, predicting my presence only to someone with knowledge of the future. Oh, that's wild. So, yeah, he felt like, like, dang, these people not only are showing up where they shouldn't have known that he was, but they were telling him some very credible stories about their time travels. And yeah, he felt like him writing that book. Yeah. really made him more of a believer in time travel as a result. Um, which I thought was interesting. So yeah, that's wild. And then a more ridiculous theory, which (laughs) we're just going to preface this by saying we don't believe this at all. Right. (laughs) Gray just looked at me like he's not (laughs) sure what I'm about to say. (laughs) I'm on board though. As convincing as he just it. sounded, his his expression said otherwise. Wait, what? Like, fuck, what? Um, a recent 4chan thread speculated that John Teeter's real identity is Donald Trump. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, this one. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, um, yeah, so the story goes that George John <laughs> Trump, Donald's uncle, was yeah. a reasonably well-known scientist who examined the notes of Nikola Tesla after his death in 1891. So Ugh. Tesla had been branded as quite crazy for his work on anti-gravity invisibility, and time travel. And mm-hmm. George Trump was called upon to look into Tesla's work after his death to see if any of it could be valuable to the military. So supposedly he said mm. it wasn't, but the conspiracy claims that he found some sort of blueprint for a time travel machine and built it. And that Donald Trump fucking use the machine to travel to the future and back again uh-huh. under the name John Teeter. And so he used the machine to generate his family's fortune and then use that subsequent power to run for president and win supposedly with the intention of preventing this nuclear war, which is fucking funny because he actually got us closer than we've ever been. Uh, God, so this is like, this is like QAnon shit. Like, not only yeah. is Trump like the one who's been secretly working as a covert like agent to bring down pedophilia like groups and stuff, which is why he was quote unquote friends with Epstein. Yeah. But not only is he fight secretly fighting pedophiles, but he's also secretly a time traveler who has time to put po- like, I'm sorry, Donald Trump. I'm not sorry. Actually, <laughs> Donald Trump is not <laughs> smart enough to operate a phone, let alone post on a fo- an obscure internet forum. Yeah, for real. Like, 
uh, seeing even just a few quotes from John Teeter that we've included in this episode, let alone like all the other quotes. Like there's no fucking way (laughs) that Donald Trump made those posts, like those coherent posts. And no. Yeah. There's no fucking way. So many no's. There's... Uh, there's almost never a theory that we reject like so completely mm. but this is this is one of them there's just no way no i uh, like, i dislike this theory because like if this had been like i don't know like back in 2006 or something somebody brought this up like pre qanon if this had been a thing like oh what if it's that reality star donald j trump because his middle name is john mm. john teeter john trump you know what i mean if somebody brought yeah. that up back then that's one thing but the fact that that's such a recent addition to the John Teeter legend is so blatantly just like a like pandering to QAnon. Yeah. No, it's gross. And Donald Trump is not smart enough to do that, nor like, and even if he was, even if he was like at some point in time smart enough to do that, then <laughs> he's like so completely failed at his mission. If his mission, he went back in time and forward in time and like did all this bullshit to become president to prevent a nuclear war like he did not succeed in that right only to become friends with kim jong-un and yeah it's just yeah fucking stupid like i don't know i guess maybe i'd want to believe it for that reason just to like have confirmation that he's so fucking dumb that he did this whole mission and then failed spectacularly so hard With, like, <laughs> knowledge from the future of how to succeed, he still fucked it up. Yeah. yeah, like, he knew exactly what to do. He, like, could go to his current time and look at, like, history books, like, play by play, and he still fucked it up so bad. Like, that <sighs> That part is fun. That think. tracks. But that tracks. No, <laughs> that totally tracks. But no, it was not Donald Trump. So, no. yeah, I don't know, man. I... I want to believe. I want to believe. Exactly. <laughs> I like it. I want to believe that there was a John Teeter, that he really was a time traveler. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, I mean, honestly, how fun would it kind of be if you did travel back in time and you knew? He also said that nobody in his current timeline likes us. <laughs> like, <laughs> like people from our time. <laughs> I mean, um, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. We are currently barreling towards like, you know, climate apocalypse and nuclear apocalypse yeah. and the our handling of the pandemic. And that makes yeah. total sense. I don't like us. Yeah, exactly. Like the only thing that people were saying tracked a little bit with the idea that he was Donald Trump was that apparently whenever somebody would like question him too much on the forums, he would just turn really nasty and had a lot of talk about like having superior knowledge and like nobody knows about this particular thing more than me type of thing so people were like oh that sounds Uh, like donald trump Um, trumpian but that also sounds like a lot of people so so i think his saying like nobody likes you was one of his like you know he was lashing out at somebody who was like oh yeah well like what about this And he was like you know what you should fucking worry about is like nobody from my timeline (laughs) likes you guys it was like oh shit (laughs) oh man you got me (laughs) Yeah, you got me. But yeah, I mean, he kind of was referring to people, you know, looking back in history at our time and thinking, and again, this is like the 2000s time, but still mm-hmm. applies now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think but, it's worse now. Yeah, people were very like self-serving and, you know, short-sighted. Yeah, still tracks. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. It'd be kind of hmm. fun if you knew what the future had in store for people to 
yeah, like go mess with some people because you'd know a lot of people wouldn't believe you, but some people would. And like, there's like die hard John Teeter believers. Oh yeah, this is like I wouldn't say like I'm die hard, but I'm like I fucking I don't know. Like, so the thing that cinched it for me was so he's going back in time for the IBM 5100. Not mm-hmm. only could that be used to debug the Linux problem that we discussed earlier that shows my yeah. lack of knowledge of what we're even talking about. Cause I can't even appropriately yeah. name what the Linux that, problem is. Yeah. That thing, that thing, but not only that, but um, up until 2019, the United States military, like the, the strategic automated command and control systems or SACS, S A C C S. It's very unfortunate. <laughs> Um, wow. which is essentially, it's the automated kind of like, um, the nuclear arsenal, essentially it's the, it's the computer system that would launch nuclear weapons. You know, where you have the two keys that you have to turn simultaneously and you have to input a code, oh, yeah. the, the nuclear football that the aide carries around next to the president at all times that has the nuclear launch codes get entered into this Whoa. system up until 2019, that system was a legacy system from the 1970s and 80s that still used floppy disks. Whoa. Right. Up until 2019, wow. there were floppy disks that had to be used because it was such a, you know, important and integral system. It's not like we could just like take it down and have it be offline for a little bit to fix it up. And right. not only that, but I guess it was kind of an asset because it was unhackable because it wasn't even it wasn't even a digital computer. It was an analog computer. So hmm. it was safer that way, but it always tracked to me because it's, you know, it's from the seventies and eighties. He's going back in time for a computer from the seventies. Um, it would also make sense that not only, you know, if his true mission was to get this computer for updating or using the, um, the nuclear weapons capabilities or something, it would make sense that he would have kind of a cover story like, Oh yeah, the, uh, the Linux problem. That's what we need it for. Not like, Oh, we need to launch some fucking nukes and we don't have like the computer technology to do it in the future or whatever. Right. That would make a lot of sense to me. And that's a real world thing. And I think that news article just came out like relatively recently, like in the last five years. So, Mm. you know, it's not like something that was widely known. I don't, I mean, uh, who knows? It could have been widely known in the you know late '90s, early 2000s, but right. Um, that always like led like that narrative fits really well in my head. You know, you have this guy who's part of the military. Of course, the military is going to utilize time travel. Um, and if you have something as calamitous as you know a World War Three event where there's multiple nations launching multiple nuclear weapons you have all of these like waco style attacks that presage the you know second american civil war there's it's not like you could just send somebody back in time to assassinate one person that would prevent this timeline you know what i mean yeah so you it's not like you can go back in time and just assassinate somebody so it makes sense that they would use the u.s military would use time travel to send someone back in time to get something that they don't have in that, that post-apocalyptic future that totally tracks to me. And I guess the only part that doesn't track is that he would have, you know, he would go from like the seventies to then just hang out for a while in the two thousands and hang out on like computer forums. 
Right. Although, although if you think about it, since he has a time machine, he could spend 30 years in a different year or whatever, in a different time period, and then time travel back to the exact time he was supposed to be back there. He has unlimited time at his disposal. Interesting. So I guess that would track. They wouldn't even necessarily know he was gone. Huh. See, it all, it all fits, all clicks together. Huh. Like, so, hmm. How does like aging work when you're time traveling? Right. Right. Like <laughs> if you travel back in time, you can meet question. your younger self. That makes sense. But like if I'm, yeah, if I'm John Teeter and I'm from the year 2036, when let's say I'm, I forget what he said. He was what? 11 in 2011. Something like yeah, that. I think so. Thir- 13 in 2011. Like, yeah, 13 in 2011. So like 2036, he's fucking... Yeah, like in his 30s, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Ish. Right. So if I'm like in my 30s and then I travel back 30 years, I'm still in my 30s. Right. Yeah. If I do, if I stay there for three years, am I now three years older? Oh, man. And then I go back to my timeline, question. like then am I older in my timeline? I don't know. Right. Do you age? I mean, if time is relative, I guess you'd be aging relative to... <sighs> I really don't know. I guess you would just continue to chronologically age forward. Right. I would think. So like when you returned after like whatever time you would be that much older, right? Right. Hmm. That's true. So I guess, if you, I guess he couldn't spend 30 years because yeah. he would come back and he'd be like, you know, a 60 year old man. Right. <laughs> yeah. They'd be like, bro, you had Dude. one job. <laughs> But like, like I got lost. wouldn't matter to them, right? Because he would still have only been <sighs> right. I guess yeah, that's like the so in their timeline, just... would he have been gone? No, because he's going back to like a specific time. So right. yeah, it would seem like he just like left and came right back. Right, right. But so he, he would be older. How old he was, I guess, would be irrelevant. Yeah, and I mean, it would it would make sense that somebody who was living this sort of post apocalyptic future would want to kind of spend time in a more normal past you know like you know 99 yeah. to 2001 that's a good time that's sort of like the peak of you know it's pre 9 11 it's yeah. sort of like kind of a, a golden age in american history where you know the united states is wealthy um relatively safe it's you know it's got the internet you know there's still like a bunch of digital stuff but you could just kind of have fun in like a safe relaxing environment before you went back to the hellish future where the world is riddled with <laughs> nuclear fallout and like who knows what else you know that would make sense yeah, like it did it did say that he was like taking a break essentially right. like yeah he was on this work trip and then was like oh i'm just gonna like stop off here and yeah i mean sounds like he was there for not too long and so he was just having like a little chill time picking up some pictures just hanging out. And that makes sense too, that he'd go back in time for pictures that were destroyed. Yeah, exactly. Like you can go back to before all this stuff happened and get those things that you want and then take them back with you. And yeah, it is cra- I mean, it's crazy to think, I guess it makes sense on one hand that people would, if they had the capability and it was like such a casual thing that you would time travel, mm-hmm. but which I mean, all of it could prove so much, like so many <laughs> aspects of time travel can make so much sense to me because you think about it really like the risk of time traveling is not literally like oh you're going to tell people hey there's a fucking civil war coming up right the risk could be literally anything like 
we've talked about it before where you go to like drive to work and like literally just taking a different street could be the difference between your future, somebody else's future, like anything Mm -hmm. that you do anywhere, any interaction that you have can affect things that happen in the future. And it might not be a huge thing. So there could be a lot of like little subtle differences, but those can add up to a big difference. Right. So like technically being in a past time period could change a ton of shit. So like, what if things get off track sometimes because some fucking dude came back to a previous timeline and maybe majorly change things or maybe just subtly change things. And then it like snowballed into Donald Trump being president or something. (laughs) Right. And I mean, if you go with what he was saying about like the sort of the many worlds interpretation, you know, he's every sort of every Everything where there's, uh, you know, every uh, like decision, but not even just decision, but every like every occurrence where it could either happen or not happen or happen one way or happen another way. There's two parallel universes where everything is the exact same, except that one decision is different and then it branches off from there. So mm. theoretically, you know, we're uh, just one possible, you know, we're in a universe that has one possible set of outcomes that have all led up to here, you know, down to somebody flipping a coin, you know, we're in the heads, the heads universe. Whereas like John Titor came from the tails universe, for example. Right. Yeah. And he's able to move between the two and someone like Mothman is able to move between the different <laughs> multiverses without a time machine. Yeah, Exactly. Huh. It makes a lot of sense. I John, John think a little too man. deeply sometimes about the fact that like any little different thing that you do throughout your day can change all kinds of things. And it's happened like a million times. There's like so many things about my life that if I looked back on how they came to be, like people that I met at a photo shoot and it's like, what if I had happened to like not have that photo shoot that day? Like what if I had been sick or something or I had had to like I double booked and I had to cancel it and I never met that person I never would have met that person probably right and like what if they introduced me to like 10 more people that I'm close with like none of those people would be in my life because of one thing that I just happened to do or like you know you happen to go to a party like you could meet your future wife or something you happen to work at Starbucks and you met Abby like exactly so many situations there could have been different yeah like that's insane to think about that that like wasn't in the moment that wasn't a huge decision like i'm gonna work at this coffee shop right no big deal but then like you literally ended up meeting your wife and now you have a kid and you're living in a house and like who what timeline would you be on if you hadn't right worked there what if you had quit like the day before you met her exactly you know what i mean like so fucking wild shit can change very easily and you'd never know like if you had quit and not met her it's not like you'd be sitting around thinking like man i missed my wife exactly you would never even know that you did right so how many of those decisions have i have i missed out on or whatever throughout the years and i have no idea what the consequences would have been from that exactly and someone like john titer has the ability to have some knowledge of what he missed or not what he missed out on but what his what the consequences of his actions are yeah yeah it's fucking wild so it's so wild I don't know. I don't think I have a theory per se, but I will say that I'm on the believer side of John Teeter. Me too. 
I, I, I want to believe, um, cause like, yeah. you know, outside of the whole time travel thing, this is not that like out there of a story. Like if you accept that no. time travel is real, then the rest of it just makes perfect sense. You know, like yeah, he's not claiming that like, Oh, in the future fucking there's some like, like, like the whole future is based on magic and we discover magic or whatever. No, it's like just a very logical progression of events that leads him up to going back in time to get this computer to fix a very almost like boring and tangible problem, you know, like right. the, the Linux bug, like that's so nerdy and just like run of the mill. It's not like, Oh, I have to go back in time to assassinate this person or to like change the course of history yeah. in this crazy way. No, it's just like, Oh, I just need this very specific type of computer that runs these very other, these specific other types of computers in the future. That's all very logical. Yeah. yeah. It's super logical. And I think some people will like reject the idea of time travel because they're like, that's crazy. Like, we can't do that. And it's like, well, yeah, we can't right now as far right. as we know. There's um, been something recently about how there's a possible, they've like shown that like time moving in reverse is possible. I think it was NASA or maybe it was CERN. Whoa. So, you know, it has time travel implications to it. You know, obviously it's still in its right. in its infancy, but still like the seeds are there. It's not something that's completely... Like, I think it might've even been Einstein showed that it was theoretically possible, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like it's totally makes sense that it's possible. And there are a lot of things that in the past seemed impossible that now exist. I'm sure nobody even like in the 1920s could have imagined that we would have computers like we do right. and have the technology that we do. And that wasn't that long ago. That was a hundred years ago. So like, exactly. You know, yes, he's saying he's from 2036, which like even at the time, that was only 35 years in the future. So that's not like a huge jump, but there are huge technological jumps all the time. And mm -hmm. there are things being worked on that like most of us wouldn't even know are being worked on. So like as far as we know, how do we know some group somewhere isn't like just days away from figuring out time travel? Right. Who oh. It could have already happened oh. and the government yeah. could already be using it. Exactly. And the idea that people are here time traveling doesn't mean that they are current people time traveling. They're coming from the future where mm -hmm. time travel is already a thing. So like, right. I'm just not going to write that off. No. I'm going to assume that that's totally possible. And yeah, it explains a lot of things. It really so does. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to say John Teeter was real. And she get t-shirts made that just say John Teeter was, was right. Oh man. Merch. I actually would. I was going to say, like, I bet if I searched that, it would already exist, but... Oh, 100%. We could totally make our own shirts still, mm -hmm. have, like, our logo on the back. Uh-huh. Yeah. Listeners, if you want one of those shirts, let us know. Seriously. We will potentially make those if there's enough interest. Make it happen. So, yeah. I feel like that's pretty much where I land. Yeah, I have no specific theory. I think, like, his theory has already been explained. Yeah, that's he, the thing. There's not a lot of conjecture. It's all laid out. Yeah. Like, we know why he was here, and I choose to believe it. Mm -hmm. I, I want believe to it. believe. I want to believe. And John Teeter could be, he could be coming back. There, I didn't get too deep into it, but somebody in one of the interviews that I read said that he, like, he expected him to come back. So, that would be oh, interesting man. if John P Teeter made, like, another appearance. That would be wild. You know, <clears throat> I mean, it's 2021. We've already seen some wild shit happen. Like, I wouldn't. 
I wouldn't put it past 2021 yeah, for no. John Teeter to come back. It'd be kind of cool because it would be like a very specific population of people who would be even like aware of that happening and everybody yep. else would be like, who? Who? Titer? Titer? <laughs> John Titer? So, yeah, looking forward to that. So, yeah. I think that that about wraps up yeah. episode 62 crazy there's all kind of, and I, I would encourage anybody who is even vaguely interested in this to go and read a lot of his posts read it in his voice because you get a real sense of kind of like who he was and how he spoke and whatnot it's fascinating mm. there's so much out there that you can read by about him and by him yeah i think that's definitely the coolest thing about this is it's not even just like secondhand stories about this guy it's like you can read what whoever this person was what this person actually wrote and yeah you do kind of get like you can't help after a while like imagine him in your mind and hear his voice which is kind of yeah it's a unique thing for an unknowable topic like this for there to have been a concrete like there was a person posting like that's a fact right Um, right exactly the details of it are unclear so right I like it. Good. This was Gray's topic suggestion, so good call, Gray. Yeah, I've been waiting to do this one for a long time. Yeah, I was going to say, this was not the first time this one came up. Um, It was a good one. So, yeah. So, listeners, as usual, let us know what you think. Do you believe he was a time traveler? Do you think his predictions are playing out? Do you believe in time travel in general? We want to hear from you. Go message us on our Instagram at a knowable podcast. You can still check out our Patreon. You can. Yeah, that's mostly it. Yeah. <laughs> Instagram and Patreon. <laughs> I'm not going to bother telling you that we have Facebook. Cause we're never on Facebook really. Yeah. But uh, Mark go to our Instagram, post a lot of stuff on there. We would love to hear any, we always take suggestions for topics. We can't mm-hmm. always promise we'll get to them immediately, but right. I have we have a massive list of topics and whenever somebody suggests one, it either goes on the list or we put the person's name next to it so that we know yep. to exactly. shout them out. Shouts out. So, yeah. So, yeah. That was episode 62 of Unknowable. Unknowable. Love you.